Hello everybody, I'm Nina T and this is Kid Like Faith. On this week, we're headed to Motunui, a paradise, and we're going to meet our daughter's chief name, Iwana, and see how many faith gems we can find if we go beyond the reef. Before we even start, I just want to say, you're welcome. <laughs> you're going to have fun on this episode, and I hope you find some faith gems And maybe you'll see some things that you probably haven't seen in this movie before. So, here are our faith gems in Disney's Moana. everybody so I'm really really excited about um, doing Moana one of my favorite story one of my favorite stories Um, and we're gonna do this just like we do any other um, story we're gonna start at the beginning so uh, the beginning of Moana is uh, a grandmother or her grandmother grandma telling the story about Maui who is a demigod um, who steals the power of creation from Mother Island. Now, Mother Island's name is Tafiti. And all in the beginning, as she tells the story, in the beginning, it was just water. Mother Island shows up, Mother Island grows up, or she creates, right, land. And as she creates land, she has the power to continue to create vegetation, people, all of these things. Um, And everything that flows from her is life. Well, a lot of different creatures, monsters, um, ill-willing beings that were created decided they wanted the power of creation for themselves. And one of them, we find out, is Maui. But Maui is stealing the power of creation and we learn about why he did it a little later, but he is actually successful. He steals the heart of Tafiti, but once he steals it, he releases um, a destructive, a, if Tafiti's power was to create, to take the heart of what she was created to do, leaves her with destruction. And so once he took the heart, all that was left for Mother Island to do was destroy. And so Tafiti was gone. And with that, all of the different kinds of monsters were trying to still get this power of creation, including a new created being named Taka that they called the Demon of the Sea. And as the grandma is telling this story, uh, once we get to the part where she's talking about how it's been thousands of years and Maui was struck from the sky. Nobody's his, his hook was lost at sea. Tafiti's heart was lost at sea, but there has to be somebody who's going to be able to return the heart of Tafiti. And she's telling the story to a group of kids and the group of kids start crying immediately. Everyone except for baby Moana. Baby Moana finds this entertaining and <laughs> she, we see her clapping. Now, the funny thing is, I think that when you are called to something or when you have an assignment to do something, the thing that scares other people really isn't a big deal for you, right? The things that you have been called to do from birth, the things that are assigned to your life are not big deals. They might be actually annoyances more than um, more than big deals or fearful things. Uh, the other thing is that 
she finds herself, her father comes in, right? And he's trying to calm the children down, let them know there's no such thing as monsters, even though all around them are pictures of monsters, right? And they're losing it, going crazy. I want to go home and all of this waterworks and tears. And he's trying to downplay the legend to make it just like it's just another story. It's been a thousand years. These are just stories. But Moana finds herself at the water. She sees things. Well, she sees a, a special thing, which is a pretty shell, right? And as she is at the water, she's wandered off. Her her mother or her grandmother and her father are inside in this tent arguing about if the legend is real or not. And she wanders out to the water, sees this pretty shell. And then on the other end, she sees a turtle who is trapped in a little dwelling. And all around him are birds, savages that are trying to eat him. The moment that he tries to step out of the hiding refuge place that he's put himself in, the birds are trying to swoop down. So now Moana, baby Moana has a choice. She sees baby turtle that's trying to get to the water, but is stuck. And she also sees a pretty shell that she could get, but it's floating away with the water. Instead of choosing what she wanted, which was the the shell, she chooses to shade the baby turtle so that the turtle can get from where it is back to the ocean where it belongs. I believe it was that um, act of unselfishness, that act of selflessness by Moana, even as a baby, which or which made the water choose her as the one who would be able to be the opposite of what Maui was. See, when you steal or when you take, you you're ta- for whatever reason you're taking it for, you're, it is a um, self-gratifying reason. So in order to have somebody restored, they needed somebody who was not selfish. They needed someone who would make the hard decision, right? And baby Moana, not having a lot of, you know, choice or not a, not a lot of thought with decisions he's probably about one years old um because she can walk a little bit but and talk a little bit but she she hasn't formed enough of a, a scare to be afraid of the water so she fought she you know makes the turtle get to the water once she does that she sees a couple shells and she follows the shells into the water and uh the water at that moment decides to choose her or leave her with Tafiti's heart, which is this little green stone. I think that sometimes it is our choices or it was our choices um, that were very early in our lives that kind of shaped our call for our adult life. If you think about the things that you normally enjoy doing as a kid, you'll see some kind of inclination toward the life that you were supposed to walk in, the ministry, the calling, all of those things that you're supposed to become as an adult. For me, as a kid, I loved the word. I absolutely loved the word. Um, But I didn't find a lot of time to study the word. But my mother kept us in Sunday school. She kept, you know, we went to Bible study. And so the things that I realized that I had at a young age, didn't I didn't outgrow them. What ended up happening was that I didn't find comfort any longer in going into the deep and sometimes people will protect you from going too far and you know sometimes when parents uh, decide or family decides or even close friends decide that they want to protect you from going too deep they end up pulling you away from the thing that is calling you Um, for Moana she felt the call to the sea Constantly, She kept singing, you know, and and her father was trying to redirect her from the water back to the village. And we see that even in the dance number um, where they're talking about the the village of Motanu, we find that she cannot stay engaged long enough, even in the song and the dance. See, she starts to engage with the little traditional dances, but immediately her attention goes back to the water because that's what she wants to be. And every time she tries to wander down and she says, I want to see, 
they're like, no, 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 don't walk away. You have to come back to the village. You have to come back to what's safe. You have to come back to the place that we've already set for you. As she continues to grow, her desire for the water does not disappear. She continually desires to be a part of the water because it is not a bad desire. And I think sometimes in the... Uh, in the way of trying to keep us safe, in the way of trying to make sure that we do not fail, um, you could possibly try to stomp out the difference, stomp out the calling of someone who is just figuring out that I have a call and I have something great, but it's unlike something that people have done before me, or it's unlike what I know our village accepts. Now, as she's continued to go out, she has one family member who is consistently open to the water, and that's her grandma. Her grandma knows what is supposed to happen. She's She was there when uh, the water chose her. So she knows dancing by the water, and, and she takes her by the water, and she allows her to explore the water because she knows that the call is to the water. Even if the father has set it up to where she cannot, or the, the rule is that nobody on the island leaves the island. No one goes beyond the reef. So even though he has set up these rules um, in an effort to keep her safe, the grandmother knows, as well as Moana knows, there's something else inside me that's calling me and I cannot stay safe. I want to encourage us that there are some times that we have to forsake and uh, abandon and even um, release the opinions of others even if it seems like it's good advice. It's like, okay, well, this will help me in, in my call and my purpose. And it's actually what they're trying to do is manipulate you out of it. Um, sometimes in the form of good intention, you can do a bad thing trying to be good. And so the father has set up a place and he's lying technically by omission. He's not telling her the truth about why he's protecting her. He's not telling her the truth about the fact that he knows where the family comes from, right? And he knows that um, there's something deeper that's calling her to the water because it called him. See, see, the truth of the matter is the father did not set up these rules because he didn't want uh, her to go on the water just because he set up the rules because he had been on the water and his desire was the same as hers. And when he had been on the water, he lost his best friend. And sometimes in trauma, um, you can lose um, something very important to you and then shut it off completely from all of the other things, uh, all of the other people behind you and figure that because I lost something in this place, it is a bad place for me and my family and all of my children beyond me. Uh, when the truth of the matter is, is that it may not have been your assignment. See, he never asked. He had the desire to go, but he wasn't chosen for this, the mission to return the heart of Tefiti. He had a desire to be on the water, but because of what was set up before him thousands of years ago, there was a system that was bucking up against anyone going across the sea. It wasn't um, it wasn't that he didn't belong on the sea. It was that the system of that Maui set up where Taka was destroying things, set things up so that he would not be able to go beyond the reef and successfully be safe. But Moana was different. She was called from her infancy. She was called as a baby. If you think about it, and if we're talking about biblical terms, think about the things that David wanted to do, but he couldn't do really because it wasn't for him to do. It was it was a good thing that he wanted to do it, but it wasn't for him to do. It was for his seed to do. The same thing here. It's not that um, his his uh, father or her father shouldn't have wanted to go on the sea. They were natural voyagers, and we learned that a little later in the story that they were voyagers. So the call was always to the sea, but the problem is. He wasn't called to do what to go beyond the reef. She was. And unfortunately, tradition was not enough. Unfortunately, protection was not enough. We see that even when she submits to becoming a part of the village and doing it his way and being the next leader, 
there was still something in her that did not sit right. And you know what's funny? The more we try to be normal, the more our normalcy unravels to force us into difference. For her, it was the fact that her her uh, island that she had become accustomed to was deteriorating. It was the fact that the, the coconut trees were yielding fruit that was uh, bad fruit, diseased trees, right? There were diseased trees. It was the fact that there was no fish and all of these things con- or combined together. It's like, okay, if we can find a, a, a space to do some more trees and that's cool, but we can't find any more fish. We can't, we can't create more fish. So we've got to do something. All of the things in my normal comfort zone are breaking down to force me to realize that there is something beyond the reef. There is something that I need to go get. And sometimes in life, everything that we have considered normal will continue to rough and bash against us because we have stayed normal too long, because we have submitted to normal when we're called to difference. Well, eventually, her first trip on the sea is not a good trip because it's a sneaky trip. See, she she doesn't go with anyone's blessing. She doesn't go. She sneaks out on the water, right? She steals a boat. And she does the same thing technically that Maui does. She steals and tries to do it on her own. or And the same thing her father did, tries to go on her own. So she goes out beyond the reef and within 20 seconds, the boat is broke. Uh, she is under the water. She's stuck. She, she finds a way up above the sea back to the shore. But it wasn't the way that it, a first trip should go, right? So she finds herself upset and her boat broken. But her grandmother says to her, if you don't tell, I won't. I know I know what happened here, but I'm not going to tell your dad. And the reason that she wants her to not or she doesn't want to tell is because she knows that Moana is called to the sea. And she knows that while everybody wants her to be normal, normal will never be enough for Moana. And she reveals to her the reason why she is called to the sea. It turns out that this was not something that was just her father's desire. This was centuries um, of her family ancestry that was called out to be voyagers. While they had told her about all of the different things that they did on the island, they did not tell them that there were a group of people that were voyagers, that took boats and they went and traveled to different lands, but they still came home. And once Taka came up after, you know, after Maui stole the heart, Taka came up and would not, and there would be less and less ships returning back home. So in order to protect the people from disappearing and dying, um, they decided we're just going to board these boats up and pretend as if this part of history did not exist. Unfortunately, when you try to present or pretend as if something doesn't exist, it only ends up unraveling in a worse way. And so for her, it it still was a call. She felt the call, but didn't understand why. And then when she realized that there was a reason why she was feeling this way, her family was voyagers. She tries to bring it to her father, but her father is still stuck in his place of trauma. Her father is still stuck in the rules and what he has set up. He would rather lie to her about or omit to her the truth about their heritage so that she can be safe on the shore than let her fulfill her call in the sea. Because well, all he knows is the last time he went to sea, there was pain. And unfortunately, it's still not going to be enough. No matter what, you try to stay still, there will be crisis after crisis after crisis. And eventually there's going to be a big crisis so big that you're not able to uh, stay in the place of normalcy. For Moana, that crisis or that place of crisis was with her grandmother. Her grandmother got sick and she was dying and it came to the point where her father was distracted enough by her, her grandmother dying um, on her deathbed. Um, the mother is distracted as well, trying to take care of the father, make sure everybody's good. And as she's on her deathbed, she pulls Moana close and tells her, go. And she's leaning in like, what? And she says again, go. 
And she tells her, Moana tells her grandma, I can't leave you now. Like, you're like, what do you mean? I can't leave. And she's telling her, you must go. That the reason that you're, you know, you're called is because you have to save us. You have the heart. I have the heart of Tafiti here and it's for you. It was, you were chosen. You cannot stay still. And the only reason that you're staying comfortable is because of me, but I'm going to leave either way. But you can't miss your purpose. I'm going to use my last breath to push you into the place that you were always supposed to be. And I'm not only going to um, push you there and tell you to go. I'll tell you that no matter where you go, I'll be with you. Um, There is such a great joy in having Holy Spirit. Because in this movie, when the grandmother dies, her spirit takes on uh, the uh, fish that she or a manta ray, I believe it was, that she loved. She loved these kinds of uh, aquatic animals and she wanted to become one when she came back, is what she said. And you saw this little, you saw the light go dim where she was staying and then all of a sudden you saw the spirit of this aquatic animal leading Moana out onto the sea. And I'm glad that Moana decided and her mother decided because there has to be somebody that gets it. There has to be one person that will not let you stay safe. And there is normally a couple people that will say, I know you were chosen. Her grandmother was one. And after knowing that big crisis was going to you know, happen anyhow and that somebody had to go, there was a reason why these things were happening was because Moana had stayed safe. Could it be that everything was going down because Moana hadn't gone out sooner? Had she gone out sooner, she may have found um, a cure before it got to the water, before it got to their coconuts, before it got to um, their fish. But because she had stayed safe for so long, all of these crises pile up on each other and now she's forced to go. And so the mother's like, let me just get you on. Let me just pack you a bag because I want you to be able to fulfill that thing so we'll all be safe. Now, um, she goes out. And she tries to sail, but she's still inexperienced, right? And so we see her trying to navigate the boat. She tries. She actually had a stowaway, which was Hey Hey, the uh, not so bright bird, uh, not so bright chicken. But she finally gets him to the place where he's not falling off the boat. She's trying to navigate this boat, and all of a sudden she says, "Can I get a little help, please?" And help shows up in the form of a storm. There is a huge storm that knocks not only Moana out, she wakes up on the shore and she doesn't know how she got there, but she realizes that one, there's sand everywhere, her hair's everywhere, the boat is wrecked, she looks a mess and she, you know, hey, hey, somewhere and it just looks a whole hot mess. And she's like, I asked for help. What was this? Unbeknownst to her, the storm was the vehicle to push her faster to the place where she needed to go. She needed to find, Ma- to find Maui first. And where Maui was, was at the bottom of the hook, but she was missing in direction and how to get to him. So when she asked for help, help came, but it didn't come in the way that she wanted it to. I think that is most of our problem as well. We have desired help and assistance to come in a pretty red package with a pretty uh, gold bow and we want everything just so and and, and we want a mentor that will walk us through A through Z and we want all of the things that make life easy but sometimes when you ask for help it is the quickest way but it is not the easiest way most of the time all of the resistance comes when we're fighting against the storm right when we are not letting the storm take us to where we need to go. And it's not going to be pretty. You're not going to get there pretty. You're not going to get there, um, you know, maybe the way you want to. But at the end of the day, did it matter that she got there pretty or that she got to where Maui was? Because that was the goal. The goal was not for her to show up all together, uh, packaged and and her pretty, uh, Samoan hair just flowing everywhere. It wasn't, that wasn't the goal. The goal was to get her there. And so sometimes, Trouble will be allowed in our lives not to make us feel um, hurt or not to make us feel uh, abandoned or pushed aside or 
And God is not even punishing you. That is the lie that I want us to stop saying. The things that are happening in our existence, trouble does not mean punishment. And I want us to stop equating it. The Bible tells us that we have few days on this earth and those few days are going to be full of trouble. What does that mean? That means that there are some things that are going to happen and they're bad things, but it's not punishment for you. It's just a part of this existence. It's just a part of what life brings. Life brings good, but it also brings bad. And so sometimes you're going to have to endure those bad seasons of of shame and turmoil and, and, and seeming like Everything is moving in every different direction, but it's shaking you up to get you right in the place where you're supposed to be. So once she gets there, she finds Maui um, by accident, technically, because Maui finds her boat. And once he finds her boat, he realizes, you know, like, hey, I got a way out of here because he's been trapped on this island that they, you know, landed on. And he's been trapped on the island for a thousand years. So um, he meets Moana. She introduces herself and he's trying to adjust how she sees him. So every time she tries to introduce herself to him and talk about who he is, you know, demigod of wind and sea, he's like hero of men. Like, no, no, no. You're going to include all of the things that I've done. Like you're going to include how, how the great I am. Like, let's, let's focus on that. And the more that he starts to talk about his accomplishments and all of the things that he's done for humans, she gets caught up in the whirlwind of manipulation. He starts talking about his victories in song form, not so that she'll, you know, praise him, but so that she'll be distracted by him taking her boat. (laughs) He sings her right into a cave, locks her in there, and then decides to steal her boat. The problem is that we believed that because Maui had been on a, a island for a thousand years, he changed. That's not always the case. Just because someone is stuck in isolation doesn't necessarily mean that their behavior gets better. It just means their behavior is isolated. It just means that their behavior can't affect anybody. It just means that he was only a danger to himself. Um, But once he got the moment to get free, we saw the thief come back out, right? Because he steals the boat. (laughs) And he tries to leave her. Um, But the good thing about purpose is that purpose, when you are called to something, when you're assigned to something, when there is a call on your life, everything that is needed for you to fulfill that purpose is not only inside you, but it won't go without you. So this is how this works for Moana. Moana is stuck in a cave. She finds a way out. She jumps into the sea. And while Maui is an expert, uh, you know, wayfinder so he can navigate the shift, uh, the ship away from her. He's sliding the ship back and he's going fast. And all of a sudden the water picks up Moana and plants her on the boat. She goes to introduce herself again. He kicks her off the boat, throws her off the boat. The water picks her back up and puts her back on the boat. She then begins to tell him about the heart of Tafiti. She has it on her hand. He takes it and throws it away. The heart comes and slaps him back in the head. He tries to to jump off the boat himself and the water picks him up and slams him back on the boat. And it's like, well, what is happening here? And he's trying to figure out why he can't get out of this nightmare (laughs) that is trapped. But really what he is, is purposed. All of the things for Tofiti to be uh, restored or the heart of Tofiti to be restored to Tofiti are on this boat and they can't be removed. Once they get removed... Some the person that chose it has to place it back. And so, so there are some times where we'll be called to things and we'll be moving in certain avenues and things may not be working the way we want them. Maybe maybe um, somebody doesn't believe that we're chosen. Somebody doesn't really want to travel with us. And no matter how much they try to get away, we are still purposed to that thing. So we've got to complete it. And no matter how much you try to buck against it, you're put right back in it by the person who chose you. For instance, if you have a job that you don't necessarily like, but there's a mission and a call on your life, there is sometimes where you'll be at a different location or maybe you'll be at a whole nother job altogether and find yourself in the same situations you were running away from at the last job because you did not complete the mission. 
Because if you have a call, you are going to be in the place, even if you're not in the location, but you'll be in the place. All of the things that you need to complete that mission will be there. And until you learn the lesson, until you become who you're supposed to become, you will not be released from it. So we find out that eventually he just gets tired of trying to buck up against the mission, right? And there, technically, when he when uh, Moana shows that she has the heart of Tafiti, he acts a little scared and reserved. But what he's actually afraid of is the fact that when he stole it, a curse to him came upon him. He was cursed because Taka came out of nowhere, knocked him out of the sky. He lost his hook. Um, nothing good happened after he took the power of creation. And so he doesn't necessarily want to be around it. And he's like, I don't want to be around it also because there are going to be a whole lot of monsters and a whole lot of other things that are going to try to take it. And so I don't want any parts of that. Get it away from me. And at the moment that he says it, we see these little Kukamara or this little, uh, little coconut, little enemies, right? Come and ships that are huger than, um, Moana ship and they're big and they're grand but these little 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 um Kokomara are literally coconut warriors right so they are small but they have darts and the darts are deadly and they shoot these darts with lines to go to Moana's boat what we find is that the enemy gains access to Moana's boat by the lines and connections that they set up so that they can just take it over. And w- the first thing that Moana and Maui do is when they try to get away, they can't get away because uh, Moana's inexperienced at sailing. Uh, when they try to get away and they realize that the lines are connecting them to the boat and it can pull the boat to them, to the enemy, as well as they can have access and ride the lines to the boat. Maui decides, I have to get these lines unhooked. And so he's pulling these darts out, pulling them out. Moana pulls out one and it probably hits the, the ground. But by then, they had taken so long that these little coconut warriors have access to the boat and they are beating them up, stealing the heart, stole the heart of Tafiti that was in um, little Hey Hey the chicken's mouth, right? So they steal the chicken. They got the heart of Tafiti. They just got to get it out of Hey Hey. And they return back to their boat, even though they've roughed up um, Maui and Moana. So here's the funny part that I don't think we pay attention to. The enemy only has access to us through lines that we leave connected. If we take the same mentality as Maui and as Moana and disconnect the cords quickly, then they have no access to our boat. The only access that they have is if they move fast to get on it, right? Or if they trap us. So what what ended up happening was, was Moana still knows that while it's easier for them to just get away. What she needs to do is get the heart of Tafiti back because her mission is not to run away from these little Kokomara. Her mission is to return the heart of Tafiti or to take Maui to do it. So she thinks. So she goes up, right? And she climbs their boat, which was odd because she's outnumbered by all of these little coconuts. But she remembers one thing. She's used to coconuts. She used to be the leader of her tribe. She's seen coconuts for years. She knows that technically, even though these little coconuts are moving and walking and have darts, they don't move as quickly as human beings. And so she takes her oar from the boat and begins to just whip them with the oar and knock them out because she has had experience with coconuts. And I think sometimes we like to negate the things of our childhood, the things that we grew up around, but it is a part of the, all of those things are a part of the things that are going to give us victory. And so she finds herself knocking out these Kokomara. One of them (laughs) gets a, a dart and ends up dying. So she ends up being able to take the chicken back, get back to the boat, and they get to escape. And the enemies hit themselves. They, they they escape in such a way and Maui directs the boat in such a way that while they are trying to close them in, 
Maui just just quickly gets through a little crack and the boats collide with each other. So the two enemies' boats collides with each other, which messes everything up for them. So I want to encourage you that as long as you're doing what you know to do, don't worry about the battle. The battle is not yours. The The Lord is so bad in Israel. They had an argument or they, they had, um, they had a war, right? And they were going to the war and they were gonna, you know, just, just arm up and, and just do what they came to do. They're going to fight on behalf of the Lord. And the Lord had already told them that they had the victory. They're like, what? We got victory. Like, what you mean? No, you're going to, you're going to see your enemies take care of themselves. You're going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And in that battle, when they came to or when they saw, they saw that they didn't even have to fight. They just showed up to see the enemies taking out each other. And all they had to do was claim the victory, claim the spoils. Um, So the same thing can happen for us. We don't have to necessarily always fight. We just normally got to make sure that all of the things that they try to steal from us don't go away with them. We just we just take back the spoils, right, of the war, and we let them cancel out each other. So, it's, it's this is good stuff. So, um, anyway, she realizes as they're about to continue the journey on that she has Maui's attention now, and he's down with going for the journey because he wants to find his hook. He wants to feel the praises of the humans again, and she ta- talks him into at least going to get the hook. Well. When she does that, she tells him because she realizes he has skill wayfinding or sailing. So she says, teach me to sail. And he's like, absolutely not. What are you like? Five? Like, no, absolutely. You're you're inexperienced. You're just going to let me do whatever you want to do. And the funny, funniest thing happens that even though he will not agree, he just is like, let me do it. I got this. You just sit back and enjoy the awesomeness that is me. The ocean that chose Moana picks up a dart from the boat and hits Maui in the behind. When it hits Maui in the behind, his whole body goes limp and paralyzed. And he, he's not dead, but he's paralyzed. And so he's stuck. So he can't he can't do it now. Somebody has to do it. And now, since he can't do it, and the only thing he can use is his mouth. He has to now teach her by by talking to her walking her through how to sail how to sail he he has to talk her through sailing and um there are some times where you're gonna want to or, or people are gonna want to say well just let me do it just let me take the reins because you're inexperienced but if you're chosen you're chosen and so there are there are times you're gonna have to talk yourself through there are times you're gonna let have to let God talk you through but there are also times where God will make someone still enough to be able to coach you through certain seasons, at least until you're able to do it yourself. And so, of course, he wasn't a, um, avid or he wasn't happy or static about um, teaching her how to wayfind. But he he was humbled at this point. He, he didn't have any choice, right? So they finally get to um, the place where there is the hook and... It is down with this bottom feeder in the realm of monsters. So they have to navigate all of these monsters, including a big crab who likes shiny things, um, who has uh, taken Maui's hook and co- into his collection because he knows how powerful it is. And what Moana finds out is that she has to be a couple different things. The first thing that she had to be was bait. The second thing she had to be manipulative. And the third thing is she had to um, she had to misdirect in in the form of how Maui had before. She learned even more about who Maui was and how she could technically use the things that he was using for manipulation for good. Because there are some times where there are some tactics that you're gonna have to be wise and you're gonna have to use strategy for, that that you're gonna have to use um, some some you're gonna have to technically labor and thought process and like I'm gonna have to be wise with how I do this because I'm gonna have to overcome I'm gonna have to get those things back I'm gonna have to um, go into and be something different than I'm used to being but I have to do it in order for my um, for the mission to be accomplished the difference was Moana wasn't doing it just for her she was trying to save her village. She was trying to get everything back into order. 
And Maui was trying to get praises. He was trying to um, build himself up, build his esteem back up. And unfortunately, when you have the wrong motives, you don't necessarily end up getting what you want. It ends up having to be someone with the right motives to make sure everything gets back up. So she finds finally gets the hook and she gets it and gives it to Maui. And we think that Maui is going to immediately remember how to use it. But remember, he's been out of practice for a long time. So he's not really believed in himself in a long time. He's struggling with who he is, right? And when you struggle with who you are, everything that you do ends up half done. When you aren't confident in who you are and who you're called to be and your difference isn't celebrated, you find yourself only being able to accomplish about half or less than half of what you should be accomplishing. Let me give an example in the movie. So he's turning himself or trying to shapeshift and he ends up having a shark head and a human body. Then he tries to do it again and changes shifts or he shifts like probably like 50 times or not 50. That's that's a bit excessive, but he shifts a couple of times and then he turns into a human top and then a shark body. And so he's not confident in his ability to use this hook again. And when he when we really get to the root of it, it's not because he lost the last time. What he's really upset about is the origin of how he came to be. And he was trying to pretend like it wasn't a big deal. He just wasn't made to do it. And Moana talked him into confiding confiding in her. She's like, listen, you can talk about me not being experienced, being too young, not knowing what I'm doing, the water chose wrong. You can say all of those things, but it I know who I am and that's, that's not going to stop the fact that we have a mission to solve and it doesn't change who you are. So he opens up and he tells her that he was not always a demigod, that he was literally a human child. And when he was born, his parents didn't want him. He was abandoned. He was thrown into the water. And the water decided to to technically give him the ability to shapeshift with his hook. And while he saw it as I'm unwanted and I'm not and I'm still dealing with the abandonment of <laughs> not being good enough or not feeling good enough. What Maui, um, what Moana told Maui was that the water saved you for a purpose. It saved you because they felt you were worthy to be saved. And I think sometimes we can get caught up in the origin story. We can get caught up in how we became. Maybe you didn't come in the in in through um, the best circumstances. Maybe you were born to a family that didn't want you. Maybe even you had some some traumatic things in your childhood that would make you second guess all that you have been and all God says you're gonna be. But the thing is, there has to be somebody. Her her job was not just to return the heart to Tafiti. It was to build up Maui, and so. On the journey, she found these little things about her being being the leader, technically, that she was groomed to be coming out. And she came out as a leader to challenge and equip and affirm Maui as a demigod. Like, no, 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 you're not just the human that was abandoned. You're changed now. You're not the same. You have powers. You're, you're, you're a shapeshifter and you are a hero to all and you, you can do what we need you to do. Let's get it done. And when you have those people who are maybe your tribe, maybe your family, even maybe a close friend or a loved one or a spouse, whoever that person is for you, whoever that Moana is that is pushing you to purpose, you need to be able to receive those words, receive the help that they're trying to give you, receive the affirmation so that you can be able to shift fully into who you're supposed to be because that was the only problem with his shifting is that he didn't believe that he could do it so he only did it halfway if he had fully believed from the first time he picked up the hook he probably wouldn't have had a problem 
But our problem is the same. We don't necessarily always believe right away when God says something. So God says, I'm going to make you um, a ruler over many nations. And we go, I don't even like being a ruler in my house. And how you going to make me a big thing? Nobody knows me. I'm not really cared for. My mother didn't even want me. Like, how are you going to make me this big thing? And God is like, I didn't ask you for your opinion about what I'm going to do. I just need you to believe it so you can shift into becoming it. You, you are going to change and transform as I need you to transform, but you will only be able to transform when you fully and truthfully believe. So they decide that they are not going to stay in the place of trauma and in human wounds, and they are going to go and return the heart of Tefiti. Now, they weren't su- successful because at up until this point, all Moana thinks is she's just a vehicle. She's supposed to bring Maui to return the heart. And once he returns the heart, then everything's going to be fine and dandy. But that wasn't the call. In the beginning, the grandma said someone is going to be the one to go beyond our reef to return the heart or to deliver Maui and return the heart of Tafiti. Now, can I tell you something? Because this was a legend, we don't necessarily know how it was passed down. You know how like when you play the game of telephone, you can say one message on one end and on the other end, it can be received a totally different way. This could have been the case with this legend. Maybe the goal was never for her to just deliver Maui so that Maui could restore the heart. But the the goal was that they go together to restore the heart, right? So we find this out because their first trip is unsuccessful. He tries to go and shape shift and, and do what he has to do and ends up getting knocked out the sky. He ends up um, the boats gets knocked back and they, they, she's trying to, you know, help navigate the boat and he's trying to push her back. Like, no, we're not able to do this. And they end up saying, Oh my God, like we have to go back. And Maui's like, no, my, my hook is broke. This, this one more hit. And this is, this is it for me. I'm not willing to sacrifice my hook, my life, none of that, because my hook is my power. And you, And she's saying to him, we have to restore the heart because in her heart is the call. In her heart is the mission. In her heart, she feels the pull that things will never be the same if she doesn't return or if they don't do what they're supposed to do. And she says, the ocean chose me and Maui because he is hurt, because he is upset at the fact that he failed once again, responds to her and says, the ocean chose wrong. In that moment, Moana heard the experienced wayfinder, the demigod that she had come to know, trust, and love, technically, because he was like a big mentor brother kind of situation. They kind of liked each other at this point. They were kind of cool, even though, you know, he was still Maui. Um, she was hurt, and she realized that if she didn't have Maui and he was gone, then she couldn't do what her grandmother said the call was. She couldn't deliver him to go and return the heart. And so she, the water came up and she said to the water, please take this. Please choose someone else. And she's begging, choose someone else. And the water takes from her to Fiti's heart. And the, the heart starts to flow at the bottom of the river. She puts her head down and she starts crying. And as she's crying, we see that manta ray come back up. And it is the spirit of her grandmother. And the spirit of her grandmother says, I am sorry that I put so much pressure on you. And she says, you've done well. You've gone way beyond the reef. You even delivered Maui to try to return Tahiti. If you're ready to go home, just say the word and go. It's fine. You are released from this assignment. Just go home. She goes to put her oar in the water and feels the plight that she cannot go back home. 
And her grandmother starts to sing about her knowing who she is, right? Where she comes from. All of these things making up who she is. And she says, do you know who you are? And then in the most beautiful song, Moana begins to sing about all of her experiences. And that the call that she had been hearing and been determining, she had been determining up until this point that the call was something out there. It was the water out there that was calling her, but really it was what was inside of her. What she had been um, birthed into, the legacy of all of the ancestors that had been wayfinders before, the legacy of all of those people who had um, not made it to return the heart of uh, Tafiti, that was the call she felt. She felt the chosen call because she was the one that could do it. She was the one that had the responsibility. She was the one that was strong enough and brave enough to go beyond the reef. She was the one that was responding to the inner call. It was nothing outside. It was no person that was calling her. It was no water. It was what was inside of her that was fueling everything else around her. See, we tend to think that it's the approval of a mentor. It's the approval of a pastor. It's the approval of our friends and family. It's the approval of the people outside. But what it really is, is the God that is in you, that is greater than everything outside of you, greater than the world around you. It is that God in you that is calling you. It is him that has put in you the desire to go deeper and see more and expand and to grow. And when you stop looking for validation out there and realize all of the experiences you have been through have set you up to answer the call that's within you, then you find out that I don't necessarily need all the things I think I need. At that moment, she realized she was a wayfinder before she had ever met Maui because in her DNA was the DNA of a wayfinder and a voyager. She found out that she was a leader way before she had met, uh, before her father put her in the position because she had been trained, she had been groomed and in her family lineage was leaders. All of the rocks that was on that tradition where they, you know, when you became a king, you set the the rock up. It was that tradition of legacy that she was birthed into. So all of the things that she thought she needed validation from outside, she had already been birthed into and she didn't need any external help. All she needed to do was to do the same thing that Maui had to do when he first got his hook. All she had to do was believe she could do it. So the moment that she got the revelation, she screamed her name, I am Moana, or she sang her name, but it was a loud, boisterous song scream, right? And she says her name, and then she hops in the water and go goes to grab the heart of Tefiti and makes it above and sees, she doesn't see the spirits and the ancestors and any of those things, but she knows her purpose now. So she takes all the lessons of everything she's learned from Maui about wayfinding. She takes all of the things that she knows um, and about Taka and all of the legends. And she says, I'm going to forge a plan. And she starts talking to Hey Hey the chicken. <laughs> and she's like, okay, Hey Hey, this is what we're going to do. I know you can't respond because you're a chicken, but you're the only thing on the boat with me now. So here's what I'm going to do. I know that that's a demon and I know that the demon is is a fire demon, so it can't get in the water. So what I'm going to do is build most of my root in the way that they can't go. And so for us, that looks like I know that there are there are evil forces working against me, but I don't fight them in flesh and blood, as the scripture tells us. Because technically, that's not the way we fight. That's not the way I fight. That's not going to give me the victory that I need. Um, the victory I need comes through prayer. The victory I come I need comes through strategy. And it comes through engaging with the God who called me. Engaging with the experiences he allowed me to go into. So that I would be equipped for the next movement. And so what she decides is that. Even though she doesn't have Maui at the moment, the heart still needs to be returned. It doesn't matter who's on your boat. It doesn't matter if they're capable or qualified. You still have a call and an assignment that has to be completed.
And so what happens? She gets to the same place again, and it's just her. And she sees Taka, the demon of the sea. She sees that demon monster begin to show up. And then she goes and, and she plans her route. So every time he got, tries to, or every time that hand comes down, it hits water. And and she, you know, gets water around. And then all of a sudden, when she's doing what she's supposed to do, at the moment she feels like Takai's about to take her out, here comes Maui with the hook. Because what was in him was still another call to be the hero he was supposed to be. And so he had to return. And even though there are people that leave you, if they are supposed to complete the assignment with you, they are bound. Don't worry about it. They're coming back. Don't don't worry about don't worry about it. It may not even come in the same person, but the assignment will be completed, right? So when when Maui came back, he was he wasn't you know human. He was in a bird form. He came transformed. And when they came when they come back, the people that are necessary to your deliverance or necessary to the deliverance of many, necessary to your assignment, when they return, they're not going to return the same. They're going to return in the form that you need. And so for for uh, Maui, he had to become a bird first to knock the arms off with the um, with the hook. And then he had to become a, a whale so that when he flopped in the ocean, Takao would be hit with the water. And all of these things he did, it wasn't so that he could get glory. It was so that he could get, um, um, if so that he could have Moana go and return the heart. So that she could climb. And they decided they were going to do this together. It was no longer a one person assignment. It was we got to get this done. And once we get this done, we can rest later. We can, you know, every whatever we got to sacrifice, we'll sacrifice that. So for Maui, it looked like him sacrificing his hook because he took that last hit and the hook was gone. So he had no power to shift anymore. But there was still something that had to be done. So he decided... He was going to, you know, knock and, and do his, you know, little tribal dance because it was going to be enough to distract Taka so that Moana could get over to Tafiti. Well, here's the great part because I love this is probably my favorite part of Moana. When she climbs up the mountain and looks for Tafiti, she sees the body of Tafiti, the body print where Tafiti's supposed to be, but Tafiti's not there. And she looks up and sees the hole in which the heart is supposed to fit, but it's fitting in Taka. And she looks and realizes that the thing they had been calling a demon was just heartbroken, was was just heartless. Their heart had been stolen and had been broken and had they had been robbed. And the people that we even deem as demonic and into witchcraft and they're working against us the whole reason she was trying to get the heart back was because it belonged to her in the first place the whole reason she was trying to stop uh Taka was trying to stop them because and they gave a they gave Taka another name or Tafiti another name because the presence of how she showed up was not as a mother of earth but how could she she had went from being a creator to being a destroyer. She had went from being the, the giver of life to being a complete darkness full of death. And so how could she look presentable? How could she look like life when all that she was filled with was death? How could she be great? How could she um, be the, the, the producer when all she felt was heartbroken and damaged? When... Moana realized it. She stopped and lifted up the heart because she knew it was a signal to stop Taka or Tafiti from hitting Maui and killing him. She lifts up the heart and it shines and it gets the attention. It's like kind of like she's holding like like kind of like the Statue of Liberty stands with the little um, with the little torch. Tafiti's heart is like that torch. It's like a little beacon light. And once she walks down the mountain and walks to the water, she says to the water, um, this is Moana now, because she is now fully in her assignment. She is now fully engaged with who she was supposed to be this whole time. And she commands the water to let Taka come to her. Let the thing that we've been running from 
come to me. And as soon as the oceans open up and it's dry ground, what we see is Taka comes and it's trying to make its way and it looks like it's going to take her out and all of this thing. And the most beautiful song that could technically be a worship song, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that the be- most beautiful song she begins to sing is, I have traveled the oceans to find you. I know your name. They have stolen the heart that's with inside of you, but this does not define you. And when she says, this is not who you are, it's almost as if it stops the image of Taka in its tracks. And she says, you know who you are, who you truly are. She puts her head to the head of Taka. When she restores the heart, we see the shackles and the scales and all of the destruction fall off to reveal that this whole time, what was under a damaged, broken shell was Tafiti the whole time. Could it be that the thing that you have called a demon is actually your assignment? Could it be the thing that you have been running from, trying to avoid, trying to miss is the thing you're supposed to restore? Could it be that the people that you think are too far gone are actually the ones that you're called to assist? And in this story, it wasn't until that heart was restored, until the heart, creative heart, until the the blossoming heart, the productive heart is restored that we don't, and it's not until then we see a new creature, completely new creature. And so I want us to, to really think about how important this move was for Moana to make. She couldn't be afraid. She couldn't be fearful. And once she realized that it wasn't a demon, it was hurt. It was pain. It was trauma. It was the fact that you needed what I have. And I didn't come to beat you up. I didn't come to tear you down. And you didn't come to kill me. Once you realize that it's not trying to kill you, it just wants to be restored. Then you get to work at deliverance. And that's exactly what Moana did. When she restored that heart, all of the vegetation started to grow back and, and, you know, Maui's hook is restored. And after he apologizes to Tafiti for even stealing it to get the human praises in the first place, right? Stealing that he was stealing the whole time just to get some hand claps that he could have gotten if he had just believed in himself, giving his own self a pat on the back, you know, um, all of those things. He was doing it to, to please other people. And he had to come back and say, I am sorry. I messed it up. I messed this whole thing up trying to trying to please other people that really weren't caring about me. They just wanted the stuff I had. And so there are a couple lessons in here for us today. But if nothing else, just know that you will never, ever be fulfilled if you don't go beyond your comfort zone, your comfort level. If you never go beyond the reef, you will never, ever see the deliverance that you need to see. You will never be able to restore others. You will never be able to see um, all of the places that you were supposed to see. And you won't do justice, the legacy of faith that you have been uh, released unto. Maybe you're the first person in your family um, to try this new way and and do a new thing. And, and maybe you're the first believer in your family, but why not be the first? Why not start a new trend? Why not set the rest of your legacy up to be voyagers (laughs) and, 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 you know, to, to be people who aren't afraid to go beyond the reef, who aren't afraid to go out of their comfort zone, who are fearless and who recognize that their job and their ability um, is not just to stay at home, but it's to go out and explore. It is to bring back so many different great things. And you will never find it if you never, ever, ever go beyond the reef. So the question that Moana had to come up with, or the question that Moana had to answer for herself was, how far would she go? She had gone as far as the shore, but that wasn't far enough. It wasn't far enough. She had to go as far as to Tafiti to deliver 
um, def- or Taka to deliver Tafiti. She had to go as far as to Maui to deliver him from the island. And all of these places would have been destitute. All of And think about the next generations of people who would have died. Or maybe she would have never restored the land so that the things that were built wouldn't be cursed. The darkness would have grown and it would have eventually taken out her whole family. The, the ability to save, the ability to deliver rests on our shoulders. It rests on the fact that we are completing our assignment. And I know we don't like to think of things that heavy, but you are who you are for a reason. You are called to who you're called to for a reason. And you're called the way you are for a reason. So there's a group of people that reach your frequency and they need to hear you. This podcast is my frequency. There are people that listen to me that probably won't go into a church, but they'll probably watch a movie. And this is the way to bring them faith gems. It's just what I was called to do. It's two things I love. I love faith and I love movies and love, especially Disney films. I'm just uh, love it. So why wouldn't, why would I be afraid to let people see me do the thing that I've always been called to do? The question to do you is the same. Why are you afraid to do the one thing you have been born to do or the many things you have been born to do? You are already equipped. You have all that you need and you are exactly who you are supposed to be. All you have to do is choose to go beyond the reef. child I enjoyed that little journey it's been so fun voyaging with all of you and I thank you for joining me on this journey now here's how we take the next step first please make sure you follow like subscribe and share our pages on Instagram and Facebook and they are both um, kid like faith f the number eight th Um, And make sure that you please let somebody else know about this podcast. If you've enjoyed yourself, um, you want other people to enjoy themselves too, right? So please just share it. Make sure people know that we're doing great things. As well as if you have a movie that you'd like to do, please let me know because I'd love to explore more Disney movies with you. You can do that by emailing me um, at kidlikefaithf the number 8th at gmail.com as well as please make sure that you are um, including the movie or even if you just want to leave a note Um, on our Facebook and Instagram pages I make sure to leave you with a Thursday teaser and I also make sure I give you a um feedback Friday post. Now I want to hear from you because you are the community. I want to know how this um, podcast is blessing you. And some of the faith gems have been amazing that I've heard from some of you. So I appreciate you guys responding and I look forward to what you gain from this episode. Now it is time for me to go, but just to give you a sneak peek next week, we're going from zero to hero with everyone's favorite guy, Hercules. I'm super excited to go the distance with you. But until then, make sure that you keep your faith kid-like. Bye!